What are the best stores doing right now to generate business and the future of furniture and mattress markets? We'll be talking about that with Jerry Borgini, president of Therapeutic Mattress on episode 10 of the Pete Primo Show. This show is brought to you by my book, Sell a Million, 101 Tips for Furniture and Mattress Store Owners to Sell a Million Dollars or More This Year. Get it now on Amazon. This week's guest is Jerry Borgini, president of Therapeutic Mattress. Jerry, thank you for being here. And I have known you for so many years. I'm trying to remember the first time I met you. It was, oh my gosh. So many years ago, and two things struck me about you. Number one, you were a very, very humble guy, very nice man, even though you were the president of a big company. And I thought that was very interesting and surprising. And the other thing is your competence. You owned your own uh, stores for 22 years. You're a retailer at heart, and you kind of look at this industry through retailer eyes. It makes you very, very different than some of the other presidents in this industry. And uh, I am looking forward to us talking about what are the best stores doing to generate business, but also, you know, everybody's talking about this right now, Jerry. They're talking about, you know, what's going on with market, what's going on with this market, and what's going on with the future of market. So I'll let you kind of riff on that a little bit, and I'll probably jump in there once sure. or twice. You know, the market thing is conundrum for us. What we're going to do with markets? Uh, we, we have a plan. We're just hoping that we can execute the plan. We think our, we think what the, the best plan for a company our size, which we're sort of like the, uh, we're not one of the big top brands, you know, we're the top of the second tier brands is how we position ourselves. So we need to be in a market. We need to present our brand in the marketplace through a furniture market. I think it adds credibility to our brand. It adds prestige to our brand and it adds convenience to our retail customers to come visit us in in, in a market. So what we think we're going to do, because this happened in the summertime, we did only a virtual market in Las Vegas. And, and we, we sent a, a film crew to Las Vegas to film the market. We set it all up as if we were going to go. We filmed it and we did voiceover and displayed every product line or presented every product line that we had on display. And look, if we have a successful market, we may see customers maybe 100, 150, that'd be really successful market, 150 yeah. qualified uh, retailers visiting us. In the virtual market, we were able to reach customers in the thousands. Now, wow. whether whether those customers were long-term visitors, they may have been, you know, they, they got the link, they, they looked at it for a second or two and said, oh, this guy, we don't want him. We thought he was somebody else and they're off. <laughs> But we still reg- it still registered as a visit to us. So we were not able to qualify the quality of those visits, quantify yeah. the quality of those visits. But we had way more visitors than we ever could have. So our strategy moving forward is, is sort of like a hybrid. We're developing a hybrid market system where we're going to be virtual. And for January, our intention as it is today, and, and that could change by next week the way how rapidly las vegas may get canceled even we're not 
We're not yeah. even sure what's going to happen with it, but our plan let's, is if it is on, we're going to do both. Let's dive into that a little bit. You know, who's who's showing and who's not that is of significance for us in our business? Well, you know, the main change in Las Vegas is that Simmons and Serta have pulled out of that market entirely. So that's a big paradigm shift. Yeah. Uh, you know, rumor has been that Temper Sealy has been wanting to pull out of that Las Vegas market for the last three years, but they're still in it. Yeah. With their competitor out, it gives them two avenues. You know, they, they, they hunker down and stay and provide a difference or they go the same route and say, look, they're not doing it. We don't need to do it either. Right. And if that happens, then it leaves the rest of us to reflect on what are we doing? Because it's an awfully expensive market for us to yeah. conduct Las Vegas. It is. And it's not just the rent. Uh, it's the distance. The most, you know, more people are coming east to west than are going west to east to that market. Uh, the, the cost of being there, staying there, entertaining our customers there, it's dramatically higher than it is in Las Vegas, in, in High Point. Yeah. Uh, so then you add the fact that now we layered where there used to be two markets. Now we have four major markets. Yeah. It's a big costs for all manufacturers. And I think we're all looking at it. Every one of the manufacturers, big, small, and in between, and the medium sized manufacturers are really analyzing this to say, what's our strategy going to be moving forward? High Point has recently done something very, very interesting. They developed, and, and High Point Market didn't do it. One of their customers developed something called First Tuesday. Have you heard of that? Where the, no. the Go ahead. handful of customers are opening up on the first Tuesday of every month. They're opening up oh, the higher yes, point yes. showrooms. Okay. So, yeah. wow, that, that gives this market a totally different yeah. life, really. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Because now, instead of us being there maybe somewhere between five to 10 days a year, we can layer in another 24 working days there, the active yeah. working days, maybe 20, yeah. I don't know. But it makes that space a whole lot more valuable to us if we're able to do that. Yeah. And, and, and we have a local factory or two down there that could be in and out of that space on a regular basis. And right now, the space is, is dormant, you know, between markets. Nothing happens in between markets. So if we could, and, and I think High Point can have this first Tuesday due to its proximity to headquarters of furniture manufacturers and furniture executives. They're able to shuttle into High Point without much cost or trouble, open up their showrooms and bend, you know, make a presentation, bring caterer in, entertain their retailers, feed them, show them the new product. <laughs> It's really difficult to do that in Las Vegas. So um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I think these markets are going to reduce on their own, their own evolution. It's, you know, like Darwin's theory. It's just not, I don't think we're going to end up with four markets going forward. We're not like the fashion industry that has a seasonal change of product. You know, I one time said this at a, at a furniture conference. I said, we're not the fashion industry. And a couple of the betting guys took offense to that, took umbrage to my statement. We are fashion. Well, we may be somewhat fashion driven by our covers, but we're not a fashion industry. Fashion industry has a seasonal change based on the weather twice a year in yeah. color and, and fabric. They go from light wear to heavier wear. 
They go from light colors to darker colors. And there's a whole new market for that. And there's a whole new reason for that every year. So there's a new product line. We don't have that kind of seasonal change in the furniture business. So to have two markets is, is, is even that could be questionable. Why do we need two markets? We only come out with a product line really once a year. What, what are we, what are we doing? Certainly, I certainly don't believe we need four. And the uh, IMC guys, when they look at your podcast, are not going to be happy with me to say that. But I'm looking to not, I'm not looking to euthanize anything. I'm, I'm looking to elevate it. I'm looking to strengthen it. You know, it yeah. is, is, is two strong markets more valuable to the industry than four weaker ones. Uh, the, the, the summer Las Vegas market is literally, it's a joke. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah. A, it's, it's a vacation to a non-desirable vacation spot in the summertime. <laughs> you know, we're not getting much work. We're not getting much work done there. So, um, you know, I think it's got to really be looked at. And and look, I don't think they're going to come up with it on their own. The correction, but the correction will be driven by the marketplace and the retailers, and then the manufacturers who follow that. Yeah, the re- retailers for years have been complaining about. You know, mo- most of them do not go to four markets. Most of them pick one high point market and one Vegas market, and they don't go to the other one. And the ones that still do go to all these markets, they they are questioning whether or not they're getting a return on their money because you know, often, especially when you're talking about you know upholstery. You know, it, it hasn't even swung over from from what they saw last market hasn't even hit the floor yet. And some case goods, it, it hasn't even made the cut and hasn't hasn't hit the floor yet. So they're you know, and these are big stores that are you know asking me what I think the future of market is because they're they're not up for 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 market. Four, four, four markets a year. They just—it's just too much. It's too much for their buyers. Too much traveling. Too much time away from the stores. Uh, a lot of the 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 main uh, the bigger stores. You know, a lot of the executives want to spend more time on their floor, and they're spending all their time at markets. And they want to be on their floors. They know they need to be on their floors. When you are a retailer, you, the most important thing you could do is be physically in those stores. Not always what you want to do, but being there no, was it, is a huge we, thing. We rarely went to the prescribed markets when I was a retailer. Maybe we did it every two or three years because we always had our manufacturers bring the market to us. We didn't want to take two days to go to High Point. Right. Fuss around. Um, our betting guys would set up a little market in their own factories and we would look at new product and, and view it that way. Um, even now, our markets, the markets that we attend, these major markets, unlike the smaller regional markets, like markets where you've probably been to that Tupelo market many times, there was oh, yeah. a lot of business being done in those markets. Those yeah. little regional markets, guys have pads and paper. They're taking orders. We don't take any orders in Las Vegas. You know, we, we're yeah. just really it's, we're conceptually showing dealers uh, product lines and ideas. Uh, 
sadly for last January market, we thought we had some great new lines that we showed. We had a CBD line called BCOM that was uh, CBD infused, both in the foam and in the covers. It got great, great viewing there and great excitement. We've not shipped it yet. I mean, because everything yeah. ended after, yeah. after yeah. that January market. So we're going to show those kind of things again if we have the opportunity to show them at all this January. Yeah. I'm going to take a minute and do a quick commercial, Jerry. Let me take a moment to tell you about my free Facebook group, Primo Sales and Marketing. Whether you're a business owner or a sales professional, whatever industry you're in, you'll find daily tips and motivation to help you sell better. And join it today. Look at look for the Pete Primo Sales and Marketing Group on Facebook. That ends my commercial. And Jerry, to your point, um, at Englander, we showed an excited new line and never got rolled out properly. It just it just kind of sputtered. And it wasn't anyone's fault. Like it wasn't one person's yeah. fault or even several people's fault. It was just you know, and I heard people talking about your CBD line in a very positive way. And, you know, it's, it's been a weird year, right? 2020 is like, can't wait for this year to be over. Hopefully, hopefully they, when the calendar page changes, the mentality of us all can change with it and we can get into positivity again, because it's been a very, and, and in Englander's defense, you know, we, we come back from the market, so they show a brand new line, like we all did. Uh, the pandemic hits, we get shut down. I thought we were going to be shut down for maybe seven, 10 days. It turns out we're shut down for you know, 10 months and counting. Uh, then we had issues with uh, raw materials. We had supply yeah. chain issues that can't get the fabric. Get. Yeah. Uh, the print or foam either. <laughs> so the, the duties hit, you know, the imported duties hit, which yep. reduced the flow of incoming goods from China, Asia, other countries. Yep. Uh, it was, they, we use that statement, the perfect storm. This really was the perfect storm. Oh, uh, yeah. I think the duties are good. I don't think we need the imported goods. I really don't believe that our economy needs them. Our industry doesn't need them. We have the ability to produce everything that this market needs and more. There aren't many manufacturers in the United States that are operating beyond capacity, okay? We all are operating below capacity, every one of us. If you gave any one of us a 20% increase in business, I guarantee you 1,000 out of 1,000 manufacturers will accept that and deliver those goods under normal conditions, non-pandemic conditions and not uh, raw material crisis issues that we're having right now. So I think when the dust does settle, the pandemic goes, abates, it goes back away and, and, and everybody's out and doing business normally again. When I say normally, that means going out to stores or maybe shopping online and shopping in stores. It's a hybrid shopping experience now. It's neither it's neither fish nor fowl, it's both, it's in between. It's, it's a hybrid, it's something totally different what's occurring. The pandemic has accelerated that change because t people who never bought on the internet before have become not only complacent, they're, they're actually proficient at it. They're, 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 they're liking it. So we're emerging with a whole new buying capability of, of consumers that have a different way of looking at how they're gonna buy things. And uh, I'm, I'm actually excited for the future because I think it's a good future for us all. It's like a new layer 
of possibilities for us. You know, when, when the bed in the box came out, some manufacturers said, well, what can we do to kill that? Well, my thinking was, gee, what can we do to copy that? Let's hit our cart to that. Yeah, let's Consumers embrace it. to be liking this. This, this yeah. seems to be something that, that struck a chord with consumers. They want to buy stuff like this, get it delivered like that. So, uh, you know, I'm excited about what could happen in 2021. In 2021, most likely, Pete, will be a transitionary year. It's not going to be a year where we snap the fingers and the floodgates open and tide starts rolling in. I think it's going to be a gradual recovery for us. So I think you're going to look at 2022 as the real litmus test of you know, where's this, where's not only the industry, but where's this economy going? A new, a new political administration and so forth. Um, it's going to be interesting, but I have great hopes for it. Good. That's, that's good to hear. So when you put your retail hat on, you see uh, more possibility for retailers rather than less possibility for retailers. I do. I as do. long as I, I they see, embrace. I, I, I see this word hybrid coming back and back, not only to us as manufacturers, but to the retailers as well. And it it's not something, this internet phenomenon is not something that is eroding their ability to serve their customers. It's just another wrinkle, it's another layer that they can reach their customers. So now, you know, the really successful retailers are gonna have a dual platform. They're gonna have a very successful online business and they're gonna have a very strong brick and mortar business. Does that mean that the online guys who are just online can't succeed or the brick and mortar guys who are just brick and mortar? No, that doesn't mean that. I just think the most successful emergence will be the guy that comes out with both programs in hand, a two-fisted player, yeah. you know, an ambidextrous uh, marketer who can go either way. Who goes, who does that? Well, you just said something very interesting. And, you know, one of the things I beat my retailers with is you're a marketer first. You're a marketer of your business first because nothing matters until that door swings and a customer walks into your store. So all of our efforts should be marketing until the door swings open. And then we have to have great displays. We have to have good merchandise with, with good differentiation, the ability for the customer to see why they should step up and, and to be able to solve a wide range of, of problems for the customer and help them get a better night's sleep. Um, but it all starts with marketing. So I'm glad you said that because it's an area that some retailers almost avoid and the very best of the best completely embrace. And even though those really big guys can hire marketing firms and all of that, they're marketers. They know what they're paying for and they know if uh, they're being served by their marketing team or not. And they will make changes according to that. So I'd like you to talk about marketing in the, in this, in this new economy, in this dualism of um, being able to do business online and also to make that door swing and make a customer come walking through that door. Pete, what you said is really the trick of being a retailer is getting that door to swing. The sad thing for many of us 
is it didn't swing nearly enough. <laughs> and and that's the trick. Once it swings, you're golden. And our, the success ratio of closing a sale is extraordinarily high within our, yeah. our industry. It's not that exciting of a product where a customer likes to go out and visit five or six or seven or eight places to look at it. Okay. Yeah. It's not shopping for a new car. It's nothing exciting. It's a staple. It's a, it's a necessary product that people are, they don't really, there's no, uh, they don't have this great desire to own it unless they need it. Okay. When they need it, they must have it. So that's the first thing is how do we help our retailers get those doors to swing open? And, 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 and now what I'm saying is that physical process doesn't have to happen anymore exclusively for that retailer to be successful. The, right. the swing open could be this click right there and I'm in right. your website and wow, I'm entertained by it. I'm, 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 I'm energized by it and I'm inspired to buy because of it. So you might then see that same customer say, you know what? I, I, I want to go visit this guy. Now I do want to see it on top of this because I am really inspired by what I'm looking at. Or I may be the easy shopper and it, it could be the Jerry Borgini strategy. You go to one place, you see it, you buy it. <laughs> then you worry about if it fits after you get it. <laughs> it you, you give it to somebody you know. But um, I don't think many people shop that way. Uh, thankfully for retailers uh, or for business in general. But I, I think the retailer today needs to lean on their their partners. When I say their partners, their supply partners, being their branded partners. We typically have more resources to develop marketing programs than the average independent retailer. And I'm not talking about the big guys. Uh, you know, we, we can learn, we can piggyback on some of the big retailers for what they spend in the the sophistication of their marketing programs dwarfs even ours. But in most cases, you're dealing with, and I think you're going to see a reemergence of mom and pop retailers because, you know, the earth has been scorched by this pandemic, and there's going to be a reemergence of, of a lot of new businesses come from this because there has been a, a death of a lot of pre existing businesses. So the, the void left is not going to remain barren. It's going to be regenerated, refilled by new, new faces, new people. And that's an exciting time for you, for me, for all of us, uh, because it's an opportunity for new business. But I think those type of new businesses and even the, the nascent retailer, the younger guys or the guys who are only in business a few years, they haven't had the ability to develop this sophisticated marketing strategy. They should lean on their brand partners. Like in your case, you work with Englander. I'm sure you go into a retailer's place and I'm sure the Englander portfolio of goodies and ads and all those things that the brand spends money to develop. It's like mana from heaven to a lot of these guys. They don't have the access to, to uh, videos or uh, photo shoots and all these beautiful things and, and ad ideas. That's the other thing that you bring yeah. you know and, and and i'm glad we're talking about this because one thing i do want to say this is still a relationship driven business the word amen and and you buy from people you know and you trust and you like yeah. and 
I don't care what the GMP of uh, Norway or Denmark is when some other betting guy tries to razzle-dazzle you with his facts, his great knowledge of facts and figures. If you're the guy that brings in the ad, you deliver the, the idea, you can deliver the product, and maybe the small thing is you bring this bag of donuts for the salespeople or the warehouse people in the back. Can I tell you something? That means way more than any guy sitting in my seat was going to try to impress that retailer with his wealth of knowledge or 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 what I would say their wealth of stupidity to try to sell a <laughs> retailer in that way. Okay. Because that's not what retailers need. They don't need to be impressed by me. They need me to be able to bring them what they can use to make that door swing open or make that customer click on their website. Amen. I'm going to do a quick commercial. And when I say a quick commercial, Jerry, I mean quick. This show is available as a podcast on your favorite platform. Search for The Pete Primo Show on your very favorite platform. And that is my commercial. Now, you made me think of something, Jerry, years and years ago. Uh, do you remember the old ad slicks that we used to carry around? Do you remember that? Yes, yes. Oh. I had an open house, and what I did is I went to a local uh, newspaper. And I said, you know, here's uh, this ad. And I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And I want you to put the, the, the retailer's information. He buys advertising from you. And she's like, well, you're not the retailer. And I said, no, no, no. Um, I, I was with Serta Mattress Company at the time. I said, no, I'm with Serta Mattress and I control a quarter of a million dollar advertising budget for co-op advertising. We're trying to sell this store and they already buy from you. They're going to buy more ads because if we are able to make this sale. So I got her to take about 10 different ads, customize it, change them up a little bit, reprint them as VLOXs. And so, <clears throat> Jerry, you're going to love this because it'll remind you probably of several stories you have. So we're at the open house and I've presented the line. And the retailer takes his glasses off and he puts them down, all serious. And my boss, Barbara uh, McKay, at that point in time, she's like looking over my shoulder and he gets real serious and he says, what are you going to do for me? And it was almost like, oh, perfect. Thank you. And I showed him. He went out of there, Jerry, hugging these VLOX copies. And before he hugged them, he said one thing. He goes, um, I want this bed, this bed, this bed, this bed, this bed, pick 10 number lineup out. And he said, can I keep these? And I said, they're yours. They're yours. And it's just, uh, just shows you that that personal touch and it, and listen, that was 20 years ago, my friend, but it, it still doesn't matter. I bring ads in that I see from other retailers and I change things on them and, uh, you know, and then I show them and go, what about this idea? And a lot of times I'll grab it right out of my hands and say, I like, I really like that. Or it's an idea of, you know, uh, a Facebook uh, post, you know, something that somebody else is using that's, that's working and just sharing that information with, with retailers. That's what they need from us sharing great ideas that, you know, they get so mired down 
you know, they, there's so many phone calls and so many fires that a retailer has to put out in the course of the day. And I, you have to remember that from when you owned your stores and somebody coming in with, with a new idea, it, it is manna. It's bread from heaven. It's like, Eureka, you know, I don't have the time to sit here and think of this stuff. I'm, you know, dealing with my employees. I'm dealing with my customers. I'm dealing with vendors and I've, I'm trying to keep and everybody. You're, happy. you're paying your bills and you're, you know, you're doing yeah. everything. Typically as a shop owner, you're doing everything and you're dealing with the leak in the back room and everything else. But what's cool about today is it's so much easier for you and for me to deliver those ideas than in the old days when you had Vlox copies or Geez, you know what? I'm so old. Let me see. I still, I used to cut and paste everything. So here's my little tool. I still yeah. have these tools. This yeah, is my little I have those. Knife, and this is my <laughs> little, this is my little, uh, I don't even know what this thing is called. It has a name and how you would look at your, your four color ad and you would look at it and make sure all the dots were in register and you would say, stop the press. These dots are out of register. <laughs> the blue isn't blue enough. <laughs> And, and you say, who cares? That's what I should have said because I wasn't smart. I was too concerned about the details where I should have been watching the bigger picture. But we did all those things and we took great pains and you and to proof an ad, you had to go to a printer. There was no such thing as, I remember when the fax machine came out, it used to save me a, a ride to the printers. I was able to get a, an ad fax to me. How cool was that? But yeah. I still keep all these tools. This is my desk. I still have some of the old things. I still have some of the old ads. And some there are some great ideas from the, the, yeah. the, the history of the mattress business. We're still, at, yeah. Sadly, we're still advertising $49 mattresses, but Ugh. our industry has certainly changed in its execution of the sale. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I often talk about is if something's really old, it's new again. It's new again. Why not dust it off? Maybe you change a few words. Maybe you change a graphic. But if it worked before, it'll work again. And if it hasn't been seen by consumers in a long time, it's brand new. It's old to you. It's old to me. But it's not old to the customer who just went on vacation um, and found out that they got a great night's sleep and then they came back to their old mattress and they can't stand their old mattress anymore. And now they want a new mattress, sure, you sure. know, it's sure. new again. So with that, I am going to do a really quick commercial break because my book pays for this podcast. And Hey, those of you that already have the book, it's uh, chapter 97. And the winner is, there are local awards that you should spend some time and effort on to win. The Reader's Choice Awards are good examples. For best store to buy a mattress, forgive me if they call it something else now. These awards might seem trivial to you and a bit contrived, but for a mattress customer who hasn't bought in 15 to 20 years, it might make the difference between your store getting an opportunity to com compete for the business. Spend time and thought into winning the awards in your area. Ask everyone you know to vote for your store and ask your customers to vote for your store in every conceivable way. And after you win it, feature it in every piece of marketing, branding, and feature it in your displays. Don't stop there. 
It needs to be in your sales process and in your email store signature. It needs to be on the back and the sides of your delivery truck. It should be featured prominently in all letters and correspondence. So, and the same thing goes for testimonials. Hey guys, if you get a testimonial, you got to feature it in your advertising because if you don't, it goes to waste. And if your salespeople aren't trained to use those testimonials, it goes to waste. And you know what? Business isn't so good that we can waste opportunities. So what did that make you think of when I read that? It was a trip down memory lane, you know, for me. So <laughs> I, I, I think it's great what you're doing, by the way. This podcast and all your little lessons that you're sharing with your listeners, I think it's wonderful. I wish that more people did this. And some guys are starting to do it. You know, your guys in England, are, they do their little thing. And I think that's wonderful as well. Yeah. But this is a really grassroots presentation you have. And I think it's a wonderful process that you're sharing with anybody who tunes into this. And wh whether they buy from you or your companies or not, I just think it's a great learning experience yeah. or opportunity for everybody. So kudos to you. Good job. Pete. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So going back and putting your retailer hat on, if you had to say, what is the one thing that I did really, really, really badly? It was just dumb. And if I had it to do again, I would do it differently. And I think you already stumbled on something. You know, what there's the a few things I probably have done different. You know what's we were uh, we were at a retailer. Uh, we were probably at a vendor event one time, and there were in our area there were four very successful retailers, and uh, we we're all lamenting of what we were doing wrong. And uh, you know, everybody has has something that they think that would make them be better, but we were all struggling at that time, and we were all in business about the same time, like 20, 25 years. And one of the guys came up to me and said, you know, you're really, you're really down. Like you're really depressed. And I said, yeah, this is like terrible. It's been the worst time in my life. I still I have reoccurring nightmares to this day about some of those things. And, and uh, he said, well, you know, if we were baseball players, say we were baseball pitchers and we were, we were 25 years as, you know, or 25 games into it. And, your record, how many good years did you have? I said, well, you love those 25. We had like 23 were great. He said, well, your record would be 23 and two. You'd be an all-star. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. doing so many things better than you're doing badly. That's true. But today, I think to be a successful retailer is more complex than it was, you know, 20 years ago when I was doing it. I think the sophistication that exists today didn't exist really it wasn't that accessible then so i think the main thing we would do differently would be inventory control it would be electronically kept yeah. it would be uh you know when you have 25 stores you, you have 25 store managers some some cases you have 23 different partners yeah. that, that are not on your books so that would be the one thing that i would probably have advise anybody you know start from a really strong controlled base of your inventory you know so you, yeah. you 
you, you know on any second, you know, what you have and what you don't have and what's coming in and what's going out. And, and, and the other thing that, on the other hand, what I would advise them to do in a positive way is to be consistent. Be consistent in everything you do and be at the constant that people are accustomed when they see your logo, they, they, they automatically, their brain says, that's a mattress. That's what that logo yeah. says mattress to me or it says yeah. sleep. Yeah. And if you're consistent, and I don't care if it's good advertising or bad advertising, consistency trumps everything. It's, that's that's the yeah. most important factor. If you do yeah. it every week, you know, sometimes retailers say, uh, you sit here this, we ran this big promotion and, and nothing happened. Well, how many times did you run it? Well, we did it last week. Well, did you follow it? No. You need yeah. to, you're, you're better to take uh, four quarter page ads and one full page ad out in your paper if, if you know, papers are extinct, but, you know, <laughs> or, or, or four That's 15 huge. second radio spots than one minute yeah. and a half podcast spot. So be, add your frequency, you know, tune, dial into the frequency. Uh, homogenize your message so that it's consistent so that you know one day you're not talking about this one day that you're, you're pretty much talking about the same thing all the time and if, if i was a mattress guy i'd be talking about my brand and my value i think that would be my my call to action uh, my brand is my store my name whatever it is uh, jerry's mattress store and my value proposition is this big bang 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 and i do think the stores today are way more important. Their brands are more important than the manufacturer's brands. I do believe that, um, yeah. you know, in the old days, if you didn't have that big butterfly hanging on your window, you know, yeah. it was strike two when you came to bat. Yeah. Now it's, it's irrelevant. I do believe it is nearly irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, you know, certain brands are iconic and they transcend the, 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 changes the generational changes you know that change from baby boomers to gen xers and and, and and down the line there are new brands but some of the brands are are they transcend that that they're everlasting and almost they can't be killed by the generational or, or the whimsical marketplace changes you know what goes from you know everybody used to like vanilla ice cream <laughs> you know yeah yeah I, I think uh, it, it's really, really important for the retailer to focus on their own brand for that reason. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's uh, more important today than, than ever before. There was a time that you really had to have in certain areas of the country, you had to have a certain name brand. And it was different on the East Coast than it was on the West Coast. It's not true anymore. Um, the real name brand today is Nectar. I, I hate to say it. And I remember the first time I ever heard somebody say the name brands are falling down. They are not leading. It was Mark Quinn. It was years ago. Mark called this years ago. I thought he was crazy when I first heard him say it. He just said, if you look at the actual dollars spent, the message that they're putting out, the name brands are not leading. And it created a vacuum. And guess what? The bed in the box guys with ridiculous, um, very simplistic advertising were able to come in and scoop up a lot of people who were 
not having great experience buying mattresses. And they re really capitalized on and accentuated that to the point where it hit the point of ridiculousness, but shame on us for even giving them an opening to do that. But the retailer has to be, you know, the, the, the main message, why should you come to my store? What do I do differently? You know, I have dealers, Jerry, where the owner actually makes the delivery. And when an owner makes a delivery into a home, he can see if the support's not right right? He can see all the little things that a paid delivery guy isn't going to notice. You try to train them the best you can, and you're going to get a certain level of competence and anything above that uh, certain level is, is going to be a real blessing and almost you've lucked out. But when you as an owner are making the deliveries, that's a special thing. And do you know how many of my owners make deliveries, actually advertise the fact that they do it? None. None of them. They don't advertise the fact that they do it because they want to get out of it. And I understand that. <laughs> they don't want to keep doing it. But they've well, done it. I understand that too. <laughs> but I've been selling some of these guys for 20, 30 years, Jerry. Yeah. And, and they're still doing it. And I'm like, just get credit for it. If you stop doing it tomorrow, pull the ad. <laughs> But yeah, well, your 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 overall your overarching point, I think, is the, is principle here, and that is they're in their higher in this hierarchy of building this marketing story. The brand is you. The brand is your store. Number one. Yes. The brands. I don't want to dismiss the brands. They're not irrelevant. That's not the case. And and whoever's number one, be it Sealy or be it Nectar or anything that you say. There's not a loyalty. There's a big difference. Brand loyalty is dead. It's been over a long time, but brand awareness is still very viable. So yep. there's a difference. A consumer is aware of the brands. I have a general brand set of awareness that provides a comfort for me. Okay. Yep. However, unlike my grandparents, I don't go in and buy a, a Ford car every time I buy a car. Or, or, you know, I don't buy uh, Listerine mouthwashes if it's the only mouthwash. Like, these, were, this, these were generational people that were brand loyal. That, that's expired. That is eroded. Yeah. It, it's, today, there's no loyalty whatsoever. But even yeah. the most unsavvy young shopper has a general awareness of these brands. And there is a comfort with the brands. And so yeah. what you say, I think, is the retailer. And in some cases, the brand might just be the store. It might be Pete Primo's House of Value. That was the brand. I'm, I, I got a sense of that brand. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the most important thing because that's never going to change. You're never going to change. The brands may go in and out of vogue or style and, or business, <laughs> and, yeah. and, and, and you're still there. Yeah. So... I'm going to do one last commercial break. You know, years ago, Jerry, I did, uh, I recorded my own podcast and I did it all on my own. I actually uploaded everything. I edited it. I did everything. And it was so much work. Um, and as you know, Jerry, right now, I have Billy and Simon who are taking great care of us. And I just want to 
give them a little bit of a shout out. So let me take a moment to talk about Get Super Serial, my production team and sponsors of my show. Get Super Serial makes it easy for me to do the show. Years ago, I started my podcast and I did everything. It was a lot of work. The easiest part of, of the show is showing up and doing the interview. The hard stuff for me was everything else. Now I have Billy and Simon at Get Super Serial to take care of all of that stuff for me. I just show up, I do the interview and all the other things that I can't do or I don't want to do. <laughs> I record my interview and they handle the tech and the marketing, the publishing. My show turns up on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Twitter, all the podcast platforms. If you want to start your own show, it's never been easier with the guys at Get Super Serial. Talk to them about how they can help you get your own show. Book a free call at Get Super Serial. And that is C-E-R-E-A-L, GetSuperSerial.com. And that's the end of my commercials. Jerry, I, um, I, I can't help but think that we need this message from you more than ever that, that you gave us today. And that is, we're not out of the woods. So don't think, you know, turn the calendar over and it all goes away and all the challenges that we had, everything solved. But your message is it's going to get better and it's going to get a little bit better and better. And then at some point it's going to get pretty close to normal. And 2021 should be a really good year. That's a message that I, I've, I've got retailers that have been put through the ringer, Jerry. I mean, they're, you know, controlling their inventory levels. You know, they were out of product. They couldn't get product. Then they got too much product. Then some companies double shipped them. Now they got a warehouse full of product. They have bills that are due and, and that now sales are slow and they need, you know, more sales, turn that inventory so they can pay the bills. They've been put through the ringer this year, Jerry. And you know, I, I just want you to know that from from my perspective, that that message of hope is huge. And the areas that you talked about, you know, focusing in on your brand, what your store does that's special in the marketplace is huge. And the fact that you did it for so many years, I mean, before you were president of Therapeutic, you ran stores, you own stores, you know what it's like to, you know, go through uh, Thanksgiving and you're worried about, am I going to make it to Christmas? And, and, you know, I wish I could be happy, but I can't be happy because I got these damn bills that are due. Yeah, I mean, and there's payroll and people depending on you when you have more than one store and um, look, it's to be a business owner. I get it. I get the challenge. I get the whole gig, I still live it. And, and I still, as you said, I still see everything that I do. I, I still see it through the eyes of the retailer, not the manufacturer, which is why a lot of my contemporaries don't particularly like me. <laughs> I do, I'm not on their team. I'm on, I'm on the enemy's team, really. I, I play with the enemy. That's who I understand. Uh, and and uh, I think we're relatively fortunate, fortunate 
we're, we're relatively fortunate that we're not in the restaurant business or the, uh, the food business or the catering business or the hospitality uh, business. Those people have been devastated and they're continually being devastated. Our, one governor on one side of us has just shut the state down again to, today. It's like, my hope is that this, uh, the, the, the vaccine gets out quickly and that it begins this mental healing process for America. You know, we need to be yeah. mentally healed. Right. Many, most of us have not been physically ill by this. Not, right. not, not more not than have been felled by this pandemic, but it has crippled us in other ways. It's crippled us emotionally, psychologically. So the first part of the healing to me is the emotional and psychological healing. People are not afraid to go back out there again, uh, get back to work, start doing the things uh, that we do. You know, traveling is, gosh, you know, I took one flight. I'm on an airplane typically a couple times a week, but I took a flight about six, seven weeks ago and I forgot my toothbrush, didn't pack something. And I was just like, I was out of it. Practice. I know what I was doing. Got to the uh, airport. It was totally bizarre. Stores were closed. People were not there. It's really a sad time. So I would be real happy to um, to see a change. You know, see people running around and walking outside without face coverings and doing business yeah. as always. Yeah, yeah, me too. So I guess what I want to say, number one, is. Thank you, Jerry, for coming in and sharing your your wisdom with us, and also sharing some some of your successes and and non successes that have great lessons in them from from your retail days. And um, I just wanted to to share one quick story. I had a a customer, and. Uh, they were a little loosey-goosey with their inventory controls and uh, everything else they executed on extremely well. Uh, so much so that I offered him a book by Dan Kennedy called The No Holds Barred uh, Management and he, book and he, he threw it back on me and um, he didn't want to read it. He read a, a, like a chapter of it. And sadly, about a year, two years later, he had to close his stores because he had a uh, CFO who had embezzled over $2 million from his, from his company. Um, and, and, and these things happen and, and they happen to good people and they happen to people when you're not aware. So I, one of the hardest things in the world to try to teach any business owner is this. Your employees may not be as honest and honorable as you are. And in your mind, you think that they're all great and they're all wonderful. And I understand that. And I always try to look on the bright side of everything, but you need to protect yourself. Like Jerry said, have good systems so that you don't become a victim um, and, and it, it usually happens to people who are extremely smart, but are too trusting. So don't trust, or as Ronald Reagan used to say, trust, but verify, 
verify, verify, verify, and have great systems because that nugget that Jerry gave you, uh, it, it could save your business, it could save a marriage, your marriage, because if things go south, um, it takes a toll on, on every relationship that you have. So, you know, differentiate yourself, listen to what Jerry has to say. And, and I, I have to say this, you know, even though he's a competitor of mine, I would tell you that there's nobody better positioned to help you with your business than someone who is a retailer, just like you for 22 years. Okay. So I want to add one thing to what you're saying, Pete, you know, what sure. you're saying is just spot on. I think it's great advice, but the one thing I would add to that is do it while you can, while times are good. Yeah. The best time to make the correction is when you're doing well and you can fix the things that are broken. It's when they're broken and you're not doing well, it's usually too late. My father used to have an expression that he would say, because we were a high volume dealer. And he would say to me, volume covers a multitude of sins. And it's a very yes. true statement for a retailer. You know, when you're rocking and rolling and the cash flow is coming in, when you're doing so many things wrong in the back end, it's the volume is covering all that up for you. So this is a good time when you're doing well, fix what, examine what you think could be broken to make the adjustments then. Because when it's too late, it's too late. <laughs> it truly yeah. is too late sometimes to make those corrections. Yeah. That, that's great advice. And, you know, if you own a store, um, executives like Jerry that you only get access to once in a blue moon have valuable lessons that they can teach you. Don't be afraid to ask them. Another set of eyes, you know, is, is invaluable sometimes. And that leads me to my very last commercial. I thought I was done, but the guys just popped something up on the screen. Um, if you're looking to improve your sales and marketing in your business, whether you're a sales professional or a business owner, get a weekly coaching session and pep talk for me, a sales professional with 39 years experience from the showroom floor to the factory. I started as a retail salesperson who was so afraid, I wouldn't even say hi to my, my customers. Now I'm coaching sales pros across the country. So overcome your sales sticking points, turbocharge your ability to find out what the customer really needs, close more sales and raise your ticket values. I'm here to help you be better at what you do. Sign up at Pete Primo's weekly playbook. Go to PetePrimo.com slash playbook. That's PetePrimo.com slash playbook. Do it now. And that's the end of my commercials. Jerry, your experience to me is what it's all about. Uh, I've always said that the very best in our industry all come from retail. You know, I only spent nine years in retail. And quite frankly, the only reason I spent nine is because I was such a bad interview. Uh, you know, I spent two years trying to get on the road. And, you know, <laughs> Matt Bernstein actually told me exactly what I was doing wrong. He said, Pete, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you're doing right. This is what you need to do. And I did what Nat said. And guess what? I had two offers in the same week. And um, I was very lucky and very blessed. At, but everything that I learned in my nine years of retail, I use every day. And the fact that you had 22 years of owning your own place and all the lessons, I mean, 
we could probably sit here for hours on end and we're not going to, we're wrapping this up, but um, the stories that you could tell me and educate me on, you know, you got a little bit of a head start on me, brother. And, uh, you know, your experience is, is invaluable and it's something that needs to be shared with, with, uh, many store owners that can benefit from it. You know, there's the, 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 the smartest, uh, the smartest people learn from other people's mistakes. Semi-smart people learn from their own mistakes. Dumb people don't learn from their mistakes. So learn from other people's mistakes. We're willing to share our mistakes with you. I know Jerry is. And uh, I thank you for that opportunity as well, Pete. So this is a great treat for me to be able to communicate with you and to your customers through this medium. I'm, I'm honored to do it. I'm happy to do it one-on-one -on -one with anybody who ever wants to contact me directly. Uh, I have an easy email. My email is gb at therapeutic.com. Anybody can reach out to me. I'm fine with that. I'm fine to talk to you on the telephone even, whether we, we buy from therapeutic or not. We're all in this thing together. And, and I, I'm a big believer of all boats rise with a high tide. If we can make our industry better and stronger, we're all going to benefit from that. And I'm a firm believer of that. Uh, and I'm happy to talk with any retailer, large, small, or in between. And with that, I think we're going to say goodbye. Uh, Jerry Borgini, the last true state statesman in the mattress industry, willing to help any retailer who wants help, whether you buy from him or not. You don't get, it doesn't get any better than that, folks. Thanks, Jerry. Appreciate it. Thank you, you, Pete. Enjoy this. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day.